Grog. Hey everyone, welcome to the Starter Shed podcast. I'm Matthew Weir. I'm joined by Kerry Warbis once again. Kerry, uh, yeah. it says on my script here, I have to ask you, how was your week? <laughs> you naughty boy. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> we can't have just a chit chat, can we, without it all being written down. Hang on, wait, my... wait, wait, wait. No, we can't. Ha <laughs> ha. I've had a lovely week. I've been to London working with my colleagues there. Long, long. I went out for beers after work yesterday. That was nice. Yeah, plain sailing. Everyone's happy in the Warbis Towers. What about you? Oh, all good. Started watching Succession. Ah, oh, that's big, isn't it? Like as in sizable. Yes, so enjoying it so far. I'm going to have to resist the urge to watch more episodes tonight because it's very Moorish. A dysfunctional family lording it over everyone else. Um, I believe after this short break, we're going to discuss the archers. They were the best of deals. They were the worst of deals. It was the age of dodgy speakers. I can't hear a sodding thing. It was the age of foolishness. Seems like a bargain. It was the epoch of belief. I'll take two, Terry. It was the epoch of incredulity. How much? It was the season of quiet fireworks. They killed my f***ing hamster. It was the season of darkness. These light bulbs don't work, mate. It was the winter of despair. This radiator incinerated my mother-in-law. This Christmas, the Cider Shed presents a tale of two phones starring Terry. It is a far, far better knockoff toaster than you have ever bought. It won't stop toasting. It is a far, far better rest on this memory foam pillow than you have ever known. The kids have got an incurable rash from this piece of shit, Terry. A tale of two phones in cinemas December the 8th. No refunds. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So, Kerry, we were talking about topics and you said Helen is horrible. That was one of my topics. Yes, Matthew. Actually, on the subject of topics, I prefer them to marathons. But anyway, uh, she is diabolical. I, I have to say straight away, disclaimer, that I'm bored of her and her storyline. And I'm bored of the Grundy storyline as well, which doesn't leave an awful lot left. 
in the week that's just gone, does it? No, and this might cause division or seem like favouritism, but I'm slightly less fond of hearing from Helen now Lee's not around because he offered some Mm. kind of comic relief in that situation for a while. Yeah. Uh, Right, let's think. The things that immediately spring to mind when I think of Helen this week are twofold. One of them is how she was vile to Kirsty when Kirsty's trying to help her and she did a really low she did a really low blow comment about, well, you haven't got children, have you? So how would you know how to handle this? And she, this is a mate of hers and she knows what her past history is about babies. Do you want to talk to your brother about that, Helen? Yeah. I know. And then she went, oh, so sorry. And then just carried on. Oh, then the other thing is Jack, who's seven, writing in his school book, you know, my name is Jack. I am seven. I've got a nut for a dad. But he's not going to write that, is he? Because he's writing a letter to Rob. He's going to write my, I've got a nutter for a dad. Because he's hoping Rod's, Rod? <laughs> Rod? I mean, Rod. Rod Hull. Okay. Oh, Kerry. He fell off a roof. He never saw he? the end of that Manchester United Inter Milan oh, Champions League. Was that League, what he uh, was watching when he twiddled with the aerial? It was half time. Oh. Someone did write a letter into Viz once saying, Dear Rod Hull, it finished 2 1, by the way. <laughs> what a way to go. Why would you bother doing that, honestly? Do you want a bizarre fact about Rod Hull? What do you think, Matthew? <laughs> I'm all about bizarre facts, yes. He sang the official Bristol Rovers FA Cup song in the 80s. That is amazing. Mum, are you listening? Well, you, I know you are because you do. But uh, yeah, there's Bristol Rovers supporting it in our family history. I'm aware. Uh, so mm. he's writing a draft of this letter to Rob, which Helen has kind of intercepted. Mm. where he says he gives his age he talks a bit about silver surfer and when maybe that's lee's influence all these marvel yeah. heroes etc mm-hmm. he talks about his football team mm-hmm. he supports aston villa doesn't he yeah and he asked who do you support i've actually oh, no. imagined rob's reply do you want to hear it oh fuck off if it's arsenal but it is dear jack thanks for your letter <laughs> i support southampton oh You know that team where all their great ex-players think you can talk to water and the Queen's a lizard. So, a Villa fan, eh? Uh, sorry, mate. I'm afraid I'm busy that week. P.S. Shit on the Villa. (laughs) I take that back, Matthew. I don't know how I could have possibly imagined that you'd shit on me. I've I've considered it. (laughs) Maybe at the Christmas party. Oh, thanks. Oh, that was good. Um, yeah, so, right, okay. Another thing I need to ask you is, fundamentally, do you think Jack should see Rob? This is going to go down very badly, but I think he probably should, yeah. So do I. Even if it just remains as just one of those, because he can always find out afterwards mm-hmm. what the guy was like. I think it would have to be properly monitored. Helen would have to be there. Miles would have to be there. But someone else as well. Do you think an independent individual? Maybe Alan. Oh, yeah. It ain't going to be Shula because her placement at Sunderland has been extended. (laughs) She extended it herself. Thank God. Mm, Hurrah. 
and she's having a whale of a time. I did a tweet where she there was a picture of this woman sitting on a bench, sort of covered in a black veil, all by herself. That was how I imagined <laughs> her having a whale of a time. So yeah, who else could be in the room with them? I think Miles is good to keep Rob in check. Not that he had did a great job of stopping him parking on a traffic island and stopping all the traffic going into Borchester. Harrison. Harrison might be a good shout. I didn't imagine it in a room, actually, Matthew. I I don't know. I imagined it outdoors so people could leg it if they needed to. I think on a windy cliff top. Yeah, that, near a mine shaft. Yes. Yeah. Or a well. Something's coming down the line with him, isn't it? I bloody hope so after all of this. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I don't think he's going to reach a natural end. Ah, right. Is that talking? Is that to do with coming? <laughs> no, Kerry. No, okay. I thought you meant that he might snatch Jack, but you're talking about his demise, actually, aren't you? Who's to say both things couldn't happen? But I think mm. Rob is. Go- I mean, he's going to do a bit of a an Alan Bradley. I think he's going to run out in front of a tram, the Earl of St Germans, or something. <laughs> Now, when there was, in this week, there was a shoot, wasn't there? With Oliver was attending the shoot. Yeah, because Will's out beating, practising to get the birds out, isn't he? Yeah, and Emma went and annoyed Oliver wittering on at the shoot, which was a bit of a strange time to go and talk to him about everything, wasn't it? But when there was mention of the shoot, I thought, oh, here we go, shooting. Maybe, you know, there's a reason for guns to be around. Oh, do you think Rob's going to be running across the field with Jack? Dressed as a pheasant. (laughs) <laughs> it's a massive pheasant. That's his disguise, isn't it? Yeah. Or he'll say, here, Helen, put, put, put this. I've bought you a beautiful cloak. Put it on him. It's like pheasant feathers. Just trot over there. The only danger with dressing up as a massive pheasant and running around <laughs> near Grange Farm is that George will think he's a turkey and try and sell him. <laughs> Whoever's in it will end up on someone's kitchen table. <laughs> Who At wants Christmas? the leg? <laughs> Yeah, I I agree with you. I think it should go ahead. What I don't think should happen is just Helen in some hysterical state takes Jack for that to happen. And poor Henry's really concerned, isn't he? Yeah, but you don't need to be rude to Joy. No, about the ham sandwich. I thought that was Joy's out. When he said, what's it got to do with you? I thought Joy could have gone, well, f*** you lot then. (laughs) And then just never had anything to do with them ever again. Really shoving the ham sandwich down his throat. Yeah. (laughs) Pushing him over outside the shop. The other thing, in the village shop, the acoustics must be incredible. Because a few weeks ago, Eddie and Clary were whispering about Rob Titchener. And Lee was like, how can you even be talking about this? And then Joy and Helen were talking at the counter. The the doorbell goes again, Mm. which is why they have that ringing doorbell. So you know someone's entered. And Henry hears them talking about Jack meeting Rob from the other side of the shop as well. Something about Mm. it. I think the shop is the size of a telephone box. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Did you think uh, when um, Wednesday's episode began and it was Joy and Helen talking and Joy had been at Helen's the night before, did you think, bloody hell, she stayed there all night? Well, they were on the wine, weren't they? Yeah. For a moment, I thought, has Joy stayed over? And they're still talking about it. But the, the next day they were in the shop, weren't they? Yeah sandwiching i'll tell you another thing i didn't like when helen went into the tea shop and was just Mm. like okay just put these promotional flyers down for my cheese i'm just gonna put one by the till here emma fallon won't mind and then you can always blame me and i had a vision Mm. that she was just gonna grab emma's cheek and do that little like thing with it and just walk out she can't do anything without being intensely irritating and i don't believe that happens by mistake 
Yeah. As far yeah. as the writers go, anyway. And acting, yeah. So she's obviously got loads of Borchester blue to get rid of, hasn't she? She said, like, well, I've got tons of it to shift. Maybe that's how Rob's going to die. He's going to come running up the hill and she'll start rolling it down. <laughs> he'll be trying to get over it and eventually it'll take him out, roll down to the bottom and he'll be crushed by it. She was forcing Kirsty to eat it all, wasn't she, tonight? Can I finish this cheese? Please do. There's another four wheels in the fridge. I don't know why anyone likes her. Are you talking about in the show or as part of the listenership or both? Both, really. Okay, I tell you what, if you do like Helen, get in mm. touch. Hello at the cidershed.com or any of our social medias and tell us why. Yeah. That'll be a quiet week. <laughs> <laughs> I, think I think I'll turn notifications off this week. <laughs> <laughs> the conflicting perspective obviously is that she's had this terrible time but it's hard to empathize with someone who's such a twat isn't it yep and she misses well she doesn't quite miss it but she was discussing lee's unwavering clarity not quite sure about that i mean some, most mm. of the time lee's brain sounded like a massive ball of steel wool when he was trying to think about it <laughs> what was unwavering and clear about painting an enormous spider <laughs> on the top of a kid's bedroom ceiling you're obsessed with that spider <laughs> unwavering maybe but clarity don't think so and what about when she said i was looking at the calendar the other day at a social thing what f***ing social thing would you have on your calendar missus well she said she shouted out to lee yeah 17th of november punch lee in the bollocks <laughs> give lee a biscuit <laughs> <laughs> she probably shouted out Lee, what's this f***ing social thing you've put on the calendar? We don't do anything. Oh, God, don't like her. She's horrible to Henry and Jack. Oh, she's so sort of simplistic when she speaks to them as well. And when she, uh, was it Joy, asked how the boys are processing everything. She said, oh, yeah, they're okay. They seem to be all right. <laughs> and then she goes out and they kill each other. Yeah. I am intrigued to see what on earth the script is going to be. You've looked a little bit ahead, haven't you, and seen that it's not that far in the future, it seems, that there's some kind of denouement. Oh, you've gone a bit Linda. <laughs> yeah, it looks like something's wrapping up there. I mean, obviously, people don't like to hear that stuff, but we look ahead because we have to think of our calendar and when we might, when we may or may not be here. Yeah. That sounded a bit morose. <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, I'm flying to Latvia on Baltic air. I mean, anything could happen. No, come on. Kerry's going on holiday, so and we we don't think we'll be able to do an episode that week, but we will We will try. We'll see what happens. Mm. Uh, anything else about Helen? No, I think, you know, the low blow, Joy. Yeah, Joy's suddenly a confidant as well. I think Alan loves her. Yeah, I had a, I had a fantasy about Alan running off with Joy. Okay. I mean, because when she came into the church when he was sweeping on Sunday mm -hmm. night, oh, twice in one day, what a bonus. And Usha was just hanging around like a bad smell by that time. Nagging. Because Usha was nagging at him for sweeping, saying, you don't want to miss the lighting of the bonfire. And obviously, Alan didn't, wasn't feeling comfortable about going to the bonfire entirely, was he? Because of what's been happening and being out in a social situation with the parishioners perhaps feeling scornful about him. Whereas Usha was just saying, come on, come on. They're all ganging up on him, aren't they? Yeah. Peggy, Lily and Pat. Oh no, what a shame. We won't see either of those three. <laughs> Macbeth's witches in the church again. Mm, they've withdrawn their direct debits as well, haven't they? And no surprise, old Jill has followed suit as well. 
Yeah, yeah. On that note, my friend Jeremy, who you've met in Porto, he sent me a little message. This was at half five today. Kerry, I'm sure you're all over the detail. That's sarcasm, if you were in any way wondering. <laughs> but the C of E regular giving averages at £430 per year. So that's about £35 a month. So are we led to believe that Peggy was doubling that per month? <laughs> exactly. I just love the idea that Peggy, who's lording out going, well, I'm going to tell everybody that I'm withdrawing mine, was actually paying £38.50 a month. <laughs> well, we did allege on the Patreon that it was about £17.50, didn't we? That she was yeah. threatening to withdraw. Yeah. We got a bit of a, a telling off on that note. Chris Rolfe got in touch, a.k.a. Chris Worthing, on mm -hmm. Twitter, and he said, Leave off Peggy, or I shall have to review having stained glass window of you in the Brighton cop shop. It was a standing order, not a direct debit. Do keep up. Because we oh. said that she would be incapable of stopping a standing oh, yeah. order. And then yeah. I, I was thinking, well, I've since thought that maybe Hilda the cat would ac accidentally walk across the keyboard and drop all of her money into Alan's bank account. <laughs> Irrefundable by mistake. Mm. Hope she switched it to the cathedral unless they've got a female dean, in which case she'll save fallen patriots. <laughs> She's got a double grave in the churchyard, so tough on Alan. Has she? Oh. I guess she might. She said, love to you Double both. Price. I'm looking forward to the Grundy eviction. Kind regards, your favourite bunny boiler, Chris Worthing. Well, Aww. Chris did mention us in a tweet saying that, well, we would have to vacate the cider shed due to Eddie mm. needing the space from the barn. Apparently that ain't the case, because in the words of Eddie Grundy tonight... Yeah, well, at <sighs> least I've still got the cider shed. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so rumours of our eviction are greatly exaggerated. Yeah, so piss off anyone who wanted that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, well, I mean, direct debits were mentioned as direct debits, though, on Sunday's episode. Maybe Lillian and Jill do direct debits. So Alan goes to the, the quiet firework display, which was a roaring success. No pun intended <laughs> there either. Uh, first, the sparklers nearly killed everyone. Eco sparklers. They were like a Molotov cocktail, these things, weren't they? They yes. went off in the hand and then Joy's collapsed and nearly set fire to the green. And next thing we know, the fireworks go off. And this is really weird because I kind of felt that the whole thing with the quiet fireworks story, mm. I guess it was just to make people they were aware and it was an animal concern. <laughs> but then they get to, maybe it was a handover <laughs> of writers and the guy was just like, nah. Not yeah. this. I like loud fireworks. Yeah. And then then they just they pretty much let off a series of dirty bombs. <laughs> yeah. From Terry Two Phones. Yeah. I mean they do exist, quiet fireworks, don't they? For so the story could have happened, but then everyone Kirsty was like, Oh, that's very loud and Usha was there going, Ha ha, who wants fing quiet fireworks anyway, yeah. huh? <laughs> yeah, Kenton was not happy though, was he? I'm quite surprised, given that the Grundys have got tech on their side with George. Yeah. You could, because a lot of people they've opted for drone displays, haven't they? Oh, God, can you imagine the Grundy drone display? Could have got in touch with Tommy Ten drones. <laughs> but they do do that, don't they? They do. It's very impressive as well. I don't understand how they do. I don't understand fireworks or the drone thing or any electricity. How do radios work? 
Electricity is little people in the wires, Kerry. Oh, oh, right, okay. Speaking of drone displays, do you remember the, that one they did of Captain Tom? Of course. I said to a lot of people at the time, I think that foundation and his daughter are really f***ing dodgy. Of course, yeah. And I was told, don't say that. And uh... Now look at the spa that looks like Prisoner Selva Cage. That's... Yeah, she's a twat, isn't she? Yeah, and she looks uncannily like Tony Soprano's sister in The Sopranos, who's a complete sponger as well. Oh, really? Janice, yeah. Uh, well, here's one concern I've got. Mm. It carried over into Tuesday's episode where Alan Nusha went to the bull for dinner. Mm. They now seem to be racking their brains of a fundraiser for the church, and this is the oh. and they're going to get Linda to organise it, and this is going to be the Christmas bloody show, isn't it? Yes, they ran through some possibles, didn't they? Like, um, oh, art and craft sale it was they they want it to appeal to children that and then they said a carol concert well, i don't know many children who that appeals to i mean i used to like them but what do you think it's going to be i don't know jazza was saying that learning to use the computer was like shakespeare yeah jazza said oh it's like when i was at school trying to understand shakespeare and none of it made sense well, i thought they could do like a half barrow half shakespeare production called hamlet <laughs> That was the only Shakespeare pig joke I could come up with. And I think I think that's because a five-year-old told me that at a barbecue about 20 years ago. <laughs> I did fear that when Alan said he was not going to buy a Christmas tree, because it feels unethical to spend a lot of money on a massive tree for 12 parishioners, I thought, will Peggy, just before Christmas, like would happen in some shitty film on Hallmark, pay for a f***ing great Christmas tree right at the last minute. Well, we were saying uh, on the midweeker that would the BBC have the guts to end Peggy's story in The Archers as this hateful character? And I said it's far more likely mm. that she will go full Scrooge and find <laughs> her inner goodness right at the end and make a gesture and bring peace mm -hmm. on earth to all men and women and then and then cark it. I think it might be that. And then they can stick her on top of the tree. Yeah. <laughs> Near the stained glass windows that she's not on. <laughs> oh, do you believe? In life after love. <laughs> do you believe Joy's gloves are from Seville? Yeah, I do. I think it gets quite nippy down there in, in winter. I'm still suspicious of her on some level. <laughs> she needs a backstory for everything, doesn't she? Yeah. Maybe the glove puppet is from Seville as well. <laughs> yeah, it could be. Anyway, I just thought that detail was kind of unnecessary. And then even when she sort of went, yeah, you, it's surprising that they need gloves in southern Spain. And I, I went and looked on a map to see where Seville is in Spain, even though I've been to it loads of time, in case it wasn't in the south of Spain. It's very much in the south. It is, isn't it? Yeah. It's a bit like, you know, when you get on a tube in London and you've got no idea actually where you are, as in geographically map-wise, you just sort of get on at one station, get off at the name of the station that you know you need to get to, have no idea where you are. Well, that's me anyway. I remember in the 90s getting off at the wrong stop, one stop before, and I got off. I was meant to be go to Kentish Town and I got off at whatever the stop before that was. I was going to see Bjork's first ever solo gig in England. Ooh. in the Kentish town in 93 I've still got the ticket somewhere and I got off at the stop before and all you have to do is just walk down the main road 
And then you get to the, it mm. was the forum there. No, it was, what was it? The Kentish Town and Forum or has it changed its name? Can't remember. Anyway, it was there. And I was like, oh, I could just walk around London. Yeah. You don't have to get on that hot, dusty, sweaty strain. Yeah, it was. this was in July or August as well, this gig. And that was Ooh. a really hot summer. In like the space of a few weeks, I saw Prince there and then I saw mm. Bjork. Wow. I mean, it's an amazing feat of engineering, not Prince. I mean, the Tube. Welcome to the Tube pod with <laughs> Matthew Weir and Kerry Warbis. Um, what's your favourite line, Kerry? Oh, uh, see, I'd have to fucking nice. I thought you were going to say, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. <laughs> yes. Tomorrow is another day. We've gone on holiday by mistake. What was your favourite line of in the Arches this week? Yeah, well... <sighs> Oh, no, there was another line I liked, I must say. You know, when Helen and Henry were having that back and forth about Jack, Yeah. she was explaining all the things about Rob and how it's complicated. Mm -hmm. And then she said, I'll talk to Jack in the morning. And then it cut to the bull and Tracy's voice was quite squeaky and I still thought it was Henry. <laughs> so I suddenly thought Henry followed up with, how about a mini food festival? <laughs> how is that going to help Henry in this situation? You can invite Rob, invite Jack, and hope it all. And then I was like, oh shit, it's Tracy. Does that mean you have mini food? Yeah, I think so. Really, really tiny, really tiny minuscule. You know those people that make like burgers you can only see under a microscope? Yeah. No one wouldn't be able to pick one of those up. Oh, Jazza with his hands that are massive and have calluses on. Uh -huh. I tell you what, on that note, let's take mm. another break. And when okay. we get back, we'll, we'll talk pigs. Okay. <laughs> He was just a boy from the big house, in more ways than one. And he was just a lonely aquatic mammal looking for love. This Christmas, The Cider Shed presents When Freddy Met Freddy. This whole time I was looking for my purpose, and all I needed was my porpoise. A big forbidden blowhole of love and laughter in cinemas directly opposite the ones showing A Tale of Two Phones. No Freddy! I told you I'm not into that. No, not again. Swim for it, Freddy! Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. 
What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. So I said last week, where are they going with this storyline? Because there's every chance that Hannah stays. So why is Jazza training for the position and lo and behold it was also he could just realize that he can't use a keyboard Do you, i like oh. the bit where he went yes y e s <laughs> and now hannah's got the room at the bungalow which is obviously going to lead to one night a few too many glasses of wine and an awkward kiss with stella um, that will happen won't it yeah I did love Hannah bamboozling Jazza when she was going, syncing tablets to the cloud and dashboard, single, <laughs> single points of data capture in real time, maximising profitability. And he's just going, yeah, uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. He's not that much of a moron, is he? Obviously, it's not to do with being a moron, actually. It's to do with, you know, his environment is outside. He can speak to pigs better than he can speak to humans. There are some people that just don't get on with tech, though, aren't there? I never, for God's sake, it was so sort of extreme, wasn't it, that she was just chucking loads of lingo at him whilst he, with his calluses, was trying to type. And to the point where he smashed the bloody laptop up, didn't he, or the keyboard up? Yeah, I'm imagining the Kenny Everett hands in this <laughs> tiny little office. Thursday I was out with work. So I didn't hear the episode. I heard it this morning and I was so riled at that episode because it was totally pointless. It was everything that had everyone had been predicting all week about, as you've just said, the fact that Hannah gets the room at Stella. So all of it was bloody pointless. But the most annoying thing about it was Tracy, her massive turnaround. She went from really pressuring pressuring him going oh we'll be able to have a proper christmas and it'll be nice to have more money and uh you know when ringing him sort of an hour into his training thing going oh is it going when, when will they tell you you've got the job is it next week and then sort of going oh why have you been worried about it jazza i don't mind i love you for you oh did it annoy you when you say it riled you did it hannah riled you <laughs> yes it did. I was just relieved it was all over, to be honest. I thought the bit where she rang him at work was a bit much. Oh. She was like, okay, what are you doing? How are you going? What's, what's happening? I thought he was going to... I'm, like, I'm, I'm struggling to type yes on a keyboard right now, Hen. <laughs> How did he use the mobile phone? I wonder. <laughs> Headbutts it and it just <laughs> opens. No, it's probably thumb controlled. He just puts oh. an enormous thumb that takes up the whole screen. You've got one of those prissy opens. little pen things that you tap. How does he ride a motorbike? Or button his shirt up. How did he help deliver Martha in the back of Jim's Riley? <laughs> and she was like going, I know, let's go out to celebrate. Celebrate what? Celebrate that someone has shown you how to use a printer and a spreadsheet also neil would be able to employ more casual workers because pork prices are up <laughs> but then jazzer could kind of monitor how they were doing through the use of kpis mm. i initially thought were kinky pig implants 
but they're key performance indicators. You're familiar with key performance indicators, Carrie? Yes, Matthew, I am, yes. We, we've inflicted them on ourselves on the Cider Shed. So essentially, depending on who's hosting the Cider Shed podcast, whoever performs better mm. and gets the greater audience share, they present it. Unfortunately, it's only Kerry and I that present it, so we're here every week. <laughs> yeah, we, haven't, we don't have an overlord here telling no. us that we have to hit certain targets. If I worked at Barrow for someone like Martin Gibson, who seems mm. to be only interested in money, and he introduced key performance indicators, KPIs, mm. I would just leave, start my own pig unit and call it all about pigs. <laughs> and I'd support them, whoever did that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're better for doing that than they are for staying somewhere borderline abusive. <laughs> so that's Barrow. Yes. Woo. I mean, I'm happy that Jazza is relieved. It was all ridiculous, wasn't it? The last thing I want is Jazza having stress at work, coming home, and that relationship in that house being stressful as well. Yeah. Just let them have nice things. That's all we want. Yeah. And speaking of put-upon families having nice things, the mm. Grundys, although they didn't behave particularly well this week, did they? No, not at all. And again, it's another set of people where, in theory, we should feel for them. But because they're all horrific, <laughs> or they have been this week in particular, I don't, I don't feel any sympathy for their situation because how, how they're treating Oliver, who has really taken care of them over the years, is not good, particularly Edward. Because Eddie was trying to sort of calm him down, wasn't he? Like, you know, by the time we need to focus, we can't control this. Let's focus on the task in hand. And Ed was like, what am I going to do with my Texels? It's more expensive elsewhere. Mm. Eddie did get really nasty with Oliver at one point, though, didn't he? Yes, he did, yeah. And so the person who eventually spoke sense to them was Emma. Yep, she broke away from her lit essay because she's been reading A Tale of Two Phones. And, uh, <laughs> she, she took a break from that. And that was the first time in a while that I actually quite liked Emma as a character. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She was like, stop whining. What are you actually doing to find a solution? Why is it that the men in this family just whinge and don't come up with any answers at all? Have you run round the farms to find out how much it costs to graze your sheep? That No, he hadn't done anything. They're just like really sort of whinging and crying. Is that why we then have this moment tonight where Eddie's seen the light in a matter of days and has then said, no, mm. uh, trying to pour water on the field is a silly idea, George. Oh. <laughs> it's just like, so you've never done anything stupid in your life. Oh, Eddie. my goodness. Yeah. When he said, I'll tell you what, about, about failures, they're great because you really learn from them. Well, you bloody haven't learned from any of your failures. Ed went a bit nuts on Oliver, didn't he? He was like, how's this then? I, I think mm. you should sell your hotel. That's what I think, so I can keep some sheep. How's that for a business decision? I thought Oliver was just going to be like, fuck off, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Have you lost the plot? Dear, oh dear, what a bunch. They pretty much said that Grey Gables was a vanity project to the memory of Caroline without saying it. Yeah, because they said that was an emotional decision, wasn't it? Not a rational one. And Oliver said, I'm, I'm walking away now before one of us says something we regret. And I'm like, <sighs> they've kind of already said it. Yeah, they have. We're the serfs and you're the, the lord of the manor turfing us out so you can hobnob with your posh mates. Yeah, and Oliver said, like, this community needs Grey Gables to be a success. 
I mean, it's it's hugely complicated, isn't it? Because it's Ardil's fault, really, isn't it? A little bit, a big bit. Ian got a couple of mentions. Helen said that Ardil had thrown Ian under the bus, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but sadly, in that sort of community, they're about like one every four hours, aren't they? So you'd have Jeez, to time yeah. it just right. One in the morning, one at night, probably. <laughs> and there's a bus that stops outside my dad's house. The timetable is there. <laughs> and my dad just said to me the other day, no one's ever seen it. <laughs> the bus? Yeah, it's like a stuff of legends. <laughs> like a UFO or something. Do people try and capture it on film? <laughs> it's like the Marie Celeste. Yeah. It's meant to pass through. It goes into Stroud, I think, and then comes back from Stroud at about eight in the evening. But yeah, they talk about it in hushed tones. <laughs> oh yeah, the bus. I could have sworn I saw a bus last night. <laughs> Pass the whiskey. Yeah, I was walking from home from the pub about eleven o'clock. It was. I'd had a few glasses of cider as His I. Bright light came the... towards me. <laughs> Next thing I know, they were putting kinky pig implants in me. <laughs> yes. Oh God. Time all went funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's that point in the evening. Yeah. I did think going back to this whole sort of like bonfire shitey thing, I did have a vision of Rob because there was loads of eco talk about eco vandals, wasn't there? Amir was the eco stable. But I thought, do you think Am I going to have to bleep that? No. Okay. I just, slight pause. Um, I was thinking, do you think Rob somewhere in Hampshire is building a bonfire out of hedgehogs? Oh, absolutely. And yeah. laughing manically at the same time. <laughs> What's that benevolent philanthropist in The Simpsons in that episode where they go to live in this perfect town and Homer gets a job at this perfect plant and the guy's like mm -hmm. like a Bill Gates kind of really cool guy and then he turns out he's a Bond villain. <laughs> and like he goes into his office one day and he's, and he's blowing up the Brooklyn Bridge and talking to the UN at the same time. There's a bit where he grabs like a flamethrower and he's like, ha, ha, ha. And just he was like Homer, can you hold this for me? And then starts burning people alive, and that's how I imagine yeah. Rob would be <laughs> setting yes. fire to a bonfire full of hedgehogs. I didn't realise that Stella and Pip were on the the planning of the bonfire night because apparently no guys allowed. <laughs> oh God! Sorry, that was from Bob Monkhouse's missing joke book oh, that's <laughs> never been found. <laughs> that was a bit weird, wasn't it? You know, Kirsty. Oh God, there's some terrible people over there who want to burn guys. Like Guy Fawkes night. <laughs> What's the problem with that? Is it that they might have sort of man-made fibres? Well, one was made of hedgehogs. <laughs> but what is the problem with that? Is it to do with burning some sort of chemicals? Also, yeah, I think that's the, the general well, idea. What was it? with India and China who are just pumping chemicals into the sky every day? Mm, okay. Kirsty. I don't agree with that argument. Oh, what, what, we should all sort of wash out our jars and stuff. Shall yeah, we? I, yeah, I don't know. I, I find that argument a bit disingenuous because then you're just saying, well, we shouldn't do it because they're doing it. Well, you know, we should still do it. Well, yes. I Regardless of yeah, whether I think we should it. burn guys and have loud fireworks. <laughs> Kerry and I went a bit GB News there. We started, like, if it, <laughs> well, well, Kerry did. Um, <laughs> I'm joking. Did you see the guy who used to be on Channel 4 was on a, uh, a free speech debate on that nutter Neil Oliver that used to present Coast, who now just seems to be growing his hair and beard and moustache <laughs> out. 
and it was a discussion on free speech mm. and he just started saying well he left channel four because of left-wing bias he said but this channel my god he said you've got <laughs> half the tory party presenting farage takes a week off you get the leader of the reform party on instead and and he starts talking and they went to an ad oh. and when they came back they'd removed him from the studio <gasps> is that and what you've debate... done with me matthew yeah i'm gonna fade you out when you start <laughs> talk, saying that i'm sorry it was only a joke really even the guy who presented the show when they came back who i mean as lunatic as he is mm. He said, even I don't agree with the fact that he should have been pulled out of the studio. He said, uh, I wanted that to come to it to the end of the, he said, because if you do that, then what's the point in saying you're pro free speech? Well, yes. So I'm going to shut Kerry down now because we're going yeah. for another break and then we'll talk about our socials. Mm -hmm. Hey there. Have you been given the chop suey by a self-centered artisan cheesemaker? Yeah. What was the charge? Enjoying a meal? Whatever it was. At least now you can enjoy Mr. Wen's succulent meal for one. Chicken dumped lings. Dim brother-in-law, some. It won't leave you one ton for more. Mr. Wen's succulent meal for one. Free links Africa spray with every order. And as many Marvel Cinematic Universe movies as you can watch. Now that's Democracy Manifest. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Are you a reality TV junkie? Do you ever think, dang, I wish I had someone to talk to about all the trash TV that I watch? Well, look no further, garbage lover, because Reality Gaze is a podcast for you. Hello, I'm Maddie. And I'm Poodle, and we're the Reality Gaze. We talk about all your favorite unscripted shows like The Golden Bachelor, Love is Blind, and TLC's big, messy behemoth, 90 Day Fiance. And if you're driving to work, folding laundry, or just pretending to listen to your husband talk about sports, just put on the pod, and you've instantly got two gay besties spilling all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality Gaze wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Okay, if you want to get in touch with us on Instagram, or follow us even, we have an Instagram account called at the cider shed pod. It's a lot of fun. I'm sure. Someone got in touch this week. That's going to be a sick burn if they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> what on Instagram? Oh, I had a lovely DM from Vincent Baxter a few weeks. Oh, did you? Chatting on uh, Instagram DM. Cause I put a really nice little video of some autumn leaves and orange light when I was standing at the bus stop very early in the morning tiny little video and he said oh I really like this and he shared some of his similar videos to me 
he posted a video to Instagram of him driving through wherever it is he lives in America. It was on the train. Oh, was that from the train? Yeah, it was amazing. It's like surreal, isn't it? He sent me that as one of them. It's so brilliant, isn't it? I could watch that mm -hmm. for hours. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I know yeah, what you say mean. hello, Vincent. Not Vincent Price, who was a, a guest oh, yeah. star on last week's Cider Shed. Um, yeah, so that's where you can find us on Instagram. Uh, we've got a Facebook group, which is called the Cider Shed Podcast. Uh, Dave Howard posted that he was having issues about what is a traffic island and what is a roundabout and what is the difference. <laughs> I love this sort of thing. And it all went a bit nuts because he posted a picture of what I would consider to be a roundabout top and then a traffic island, which is kind of this, you know, cylindrical shape with two kind of bollardy things on it. I was it. just going to say, surely a traffic island involves some bollarding. Yeah, a lot of people kind of lively old debate there. <laughs> you know, it's kind of um, the Facebook group being the admin of the Facebook group is a bit mm. like watching a fight in a pub and just sitting in the corner, although that nobody fights on our group, I would have to say, which is cool. And if they mm. do, then, you know, it's dealt with, but it's very rare. Uh, and just watching it unfold. <laughs> no, it's like it's like listening to interesting people at a, at a table next to you in the pub. And then eavesdropping is great. Isn't exactly. It? Kind of like that great yeah. well, a lot of people say that they feel that this pod is like the eavesdropping on a table um <laughs> i don't know on a table or people sat around a table just i hope dropping. not just, just yeah. it's like listening to droppings <laughs> so yeah the cider shed podcast is the name of that facebook group so you can follow us there uh kerry how's that twitter thing which everyone wants no which one person wants us to call x but we don't call it x we still call it twitter I still haven't updated my app, so I still see the blue bird every time I go on mine. I haven't, oh, okay. I haven't run to X. Yeah, I'm still blue here. At the Side Shed Pod on Twitter, come along. It's a right laugh still. There's still loads of activity on there, even though Twitter is kind of imploding. I haven't yet set up the Blue Sky Cider Shed account. I'm not sure when I'll do that. Maybe in the new year. A long run up to that. How did we do on the old review front, Kerry, this week? Yeah, it's really good, Matthew. We've got three new reviews. Thank you so much for writing them. We've got Feeksby65, Groog. Oh, no, that's Grog, isn't it? The title's Grog, not Groog. <laughs> uh, it does have multiple O's in my defence. Anyway, funny, intelligent and welcoming. This one of my favourite bits of the psychologically questionable community that orbits the arches. <laughs> uh, keep going, may brave. A la Linda. Nice. You're helping stabilize my life in loopily uncertain times. Oh, we're okay, stabilizing yeah. factors, Matthew. Imagine. I know. I, I like to think that we're we're doing that for everyone that's listening. Oh, yeah, that's nice, isn't it? Um, then Chief Red Wine has written essential Sunday listening. Always available for an early Sunday morning wake up. This podcast is an excellent start to the day for all Archers listeners. Insights and irreverent humour by both Kerry and Matthew with clever ersatz adverts and other oral delights, oral delights created by Matthew. I am available for oral delights. <laughs> it's extra. Is it like Turkish delight? <laughs> Paired with Ambridge on the couch, no other Archers podcasts are required. And then in brackets, if you read this out on the show, you can leave the last sentence out. Which you have now not done, Kerry. Too late, winky face. Yeah, no, we're reading that out. Uh, then the last one is Zed, Charlotte Zed. I like the jingles and the ads 
and the chat. Well, I'm glad you like the jingles because we've got five new Patreons. Woo! Let's get through it. So, Kerry, do you say Desiree or Desiree? Desiree. There was a girl at our school called Desiree Ricketts, which is a funny juxtaposition of glamour and illness. <laughs> she might listen to the pod. I don't know. She does exist. Maybe we'll have to not use that. I don't know. Rochelle Sciatica. <laughs> Gabrielle Piles. <laughs> I think he plays for Brazil. <laughs> it's pronounced Piles. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Check this out, though. This name is brilliant. Desiree Scherlinger. Ooh, like yeah, it. Yeah, here we go. We say a warm welcome to the Cider Shed Patreon for Desiree Scherlinger. We're very thankful. Now let's hear it for Desiree. It's good enough for AI, Desiree. Now, mm. Leela or Lila? L-I-L-A, Kerry. Lila, I would say. I thought so. I didn't take any chances. Okay. Lila or Leela Toff, you total star. Thanks for becoming a Cider Shed patron. We really appreciate your help. <laughs> the music. Thanks, Lila or Leela Toff. John or John? <laughs> this is John Featonby. Ah, yes. Hey there, John Featonby. I see you've become a Cider Shed patron. Now that is awesome news. Thanks, John. <laughs> Gwen Innes. Here comes Gwen Innes, wisely entering the Cider Shed Patreon. Thanks so much, Gwen. Now, make yourself comfortable. Thanks, Gwen. Much appreciated. And finally, Felicity Mack. Oh, hey, y'all. What's up? Felicity Mack has entered the Cider Shed Patreon. Hold on. Be strong. Here we go. Respect, Felicity. Felicity, I hope you're familiar with um, the 1996 song Return of the Mack by one-hit wonder Mark Morrison. Where was he from? Was he from, like, Coventry or somewhere like that? Oh, is he? Swindon. Oh, he was, no, he was born in Hanover. Hanover, Germany, or Hanover, where I live in Brighton. No, Hanover, West Germany. I just remember he suddenly got into hot water very quickly, didn't he? And he was a bit of a liability and started causing fights in clubs and stuff like that. And I think he went to America and started behaving like that over there and didn't last very long. Oh, dear. It's quite a good song, though. Quite like it. Oh, it's a banger. Yeah. I managed to convince a very stoned flatmate of mine once who hadn't seen the video on MTV because we had MTV at the time, mm. but it used to play all the time on the radio. And I managed to convince him that the entire video was him going to an R&B club, losing his raincoat and a girl, <laughs> oh, no. a girl brings it to his house oh, and he like, they get it on. Oh, yeah, he came back to me later. He went, I saw that video and that's not what <laughs> happens at all. You silly boy. Last week, we got a few comments on Patreon. Um, Helen Davis said, that Halloween ad. Which one, Helen? I guess Thriller. Jessica Eisenman just posted a pumpkin with Incredible. Vivian O'Connor said, great episode, guys. And this was for you, Kerry. How about May the Fork Be With You? <laughs> I love Viv. She's such a big supporter of us. Uh-huh. Mary Aspinall Miles said, the impressions, oh God, the ads. What, what did we do last week? Our impressions, we, we just lost it last week. We couldn't do any of them. And then she adds at the bottom, 
Alastair's lack of riz. Someone got ahead of me actually on Twitter because they said it stands for charisma, which I found out later as well. Yeah, it is derived from charisma. Yeah. And we got lots of comments about the Patreon episode, but I'm not going to read them out here because if you're a Patreon, we'll get to it in the week. But lots of people had comments about the B&M shoppers in Sweden oh, yeah. suffering electric <laughs> <laughs> electric shocks. Uh, Please, honestly, if that's not an enticement, enticement, yeah, in, yeah enticement. To become a patron, I don't know what is. You can hear a story about people getting electrocuted in shops. Angela said, my mother, she called the B&M store the bum store because she misread the logo. <laughs> oh, that's good. We'll get to the rest of those. Yeah, there was a, we'll, we'll get to them on a midweeker because a lot of people were kind of commenting on that. But it yeah. was a very and funny story. It doesn't cost much to become a patron, you know. It's only a few quid. I think people might be put off by thinking it does cost a lot. Do you know what I mean? Like, get in there, become a Patreon. Kerry, there's one thing I want to say is we've done two episodes now mm. and at least one Patreon. You've not asked me about Wiseblood. I bloody did. I asked you on WhatsApp for sure. Are you sure about that? I'm not sure yes, you did. Yes, I you know. am. I am, yeah. Definitely. I said, like, it was the gig last night, was it? Or is it coming up? And I said, and you told me it was like a spiritual experience and that people were fainting when she touched them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so I did yours. tell you that. It was nuts. I mean, you know, when you see someone at a venue and you think, unless something dramatic happens in their career in a negative way, this is the last time they're going to play a venue like this. Because it was yeah. just so full to the rafters. Please revisit my tiny, tiny, funny one on a beach where there are about 200 people watching this year. Did she do the thing where people brought DVDs up to the stage at that gig? No. Yeah, so there's this thing where fans give her DVDs and then they watch them on the tour bus and give feedback. Mm. So people, and someone, but someone brought a VHS of Titanic. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. I like, she probably would like that. Yeah, it was all a bit she's bizarre. She's really yeah, good. she was well cool. Um, oh, amazing! Yeah, yeah, it was it was full. Of, like we we went up to the balcony and lo looking down on the stage, so we got all the light show and uh, her big glittery mm -hmm. dress with the light mm -hmm. shining through it. Yeah, it was really good. But yeah, people were fainting, like it was going a bit nuts in there. And she, apparently, she hadn't played Porto for like six years. Yes, the fervor was all a bit much. So any listeners who aren't familiar, it's, it's um, it looks, it reads as Way's Blood, W-E-Y-E-S, but it's pronounced Wise Blood. That's the name of her. Amazing woman. She sounds a bit like a cross between Karen Carpenter vocally and Rufus Wainwright, I think. Um, absolutely phenomenally beautiful songwriting and production on the last album. Uh, so Kerry. Yes. We heard Rob's views on Villa fans earlier. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shall we hear about where people might be in our fantasy football league? Yeah. It was a, it was a low points week, wasn't it? Because Haaland came off. My key noticing was that Peter Fickling went up. <laughs> and he's now in 40th position out of 45. Just above Mari. I don't know if she's... You also, oh, actually, you went down, I think. I thought you'd gone up. No, I, I had think. a stinker last week. Yeah, it was a funny old week, to be honest. I stayed where I was in 10. I was determined not to keep Sun as captain or even have him in my team, so I just pulled him. But luckily, Spurs lost 4-1 to Chelsea. 
They did, Matthew. I bet you were happy with that. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, yeah. Mimi's just above you, by the way. <laughs> oh, is she? <laughs> she hasn't looked at hers for weeks. So it's fluke. Fluke, fluke. <laughs> no, no, it's sheer. I don't know what's happening there. Let's do the top five because the fifth person has gone up. In fifth place is Ella Wilson with B side, 659 points. Then fourth place, Kate Melnick, Canny Giver FC with 659. So they're joint, actually. Didn't she become a patron last week? Oh, yeah. yeah. Kate Melnick. This isn't rigged. <laughs> Just <saying. laughs> Yeah, if you become a patron, you do really well in the. Yeah, third, Audrey Cameron with below pars, 684 points. Second, Max FC, my son, 693 points. And top, James Scott with FC James, 701 points. So a bit of a gap there, eight points. We're not sure that top spot guy actually listens to the podcast, are we? We think he might just be a PL obsessive. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, Mm. once we get to the end of the season, we'll ask people to make themselves known to us if you're yeah, in that no, top now james come on make yourself known <laughs> you spammy bastard <laughs> always fluking it at the top yeah uh, any like to see any other movers k guiden went up to 35th her team's called farm fumblers weavers wanderers mims dawson riley went up to 32nd Reed's Rockets, Penny Bradley went up to 16th. Callum Scott went up to 15th. Liam Rayner up, expected to lose, as in to lose the track. Also went up. And Bayer never losing. Alistair Sheldrick went up as well. Okay, well done, everyone. Stick with it. As we mm. said, there'll be cider shed goodies for the, the top three places, provided you're not like some crazed FPL nerd that just bots your way into every league. And you're not a member of Kerry's family, of course. They're they're not allowed to win either. They'll be exterminated. (laughs) (laughs) Fear not. All right. Well, listen, take care of yourself, Kerry. I'm sure we'll speak over the weekend. And uh, let's all get ready for Brian's 80th. (gasps) Yes, on the 20th. What day is that? I just want to see if it's a sort of humdinger. Oh, it's a Monday. Okay. There you go. All right, everyone. Have a nice night. See ya. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. I thought okay. I was saying goodbye to you and not them then. Yeah, but we did that last week as well where we said, <laughs> I love you. We're talking to each other. Yeah. I mean, do you want to say I love you again to each other? Okay, well, that was great. I love you, Matthew. I love you too, Carrie. <gasps> and you lot. As well. <laughs> okay. All right. Take care, everyone. Bye. See you next week. Hang on. Up yours. Oh.